We do want to say a big welcome to all of our locations, everyone joining us online. We're so glad that you're here. You've chosen a great day. We're wrapping up a series called Stuck Together When Love Is Not The Problem. Often I've heard people say, we have relational issues, but it's not love. I love them, but it's all these other things. And, um, and we've been talking about, um, the first week we talked about the cycle of deception and how that the enemy wants you to bend the Word of God to fit your lifestyle in relationships, but God wants you to bend your life and that transforming your life is what God wants. Um, yeah. Last week we talked about marriage and talked about um, some incredible truths from God's Word around uh, marriage and how God designed it, created it, how it's a gift to us. Um, we talked about identity how important identity is in relationships. If you don't know who you are, it's gonna be a hard time to know how we, who we are. Yeah. Um, and so today we're gonna to be leaning the message towards single, maybe you're single again. And, um, and we're gonna be leaning it towards that way. I think it'll have broad application for everybody that's, that's joining us today. And, uh, and we're gonna kind of go back and forth and we're gonna stay within time. Yes, we are. This time. Yes. Hey, we've been starting with a verse every week found in Colossians chapter two verse six and seven, and I wanna start us there. It says this, it says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. This is my part, rooted and built up in him. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We've been zeroing in on this word rooted and the word built up in him. And I've been saying that that in this relationship series, we're not dealing with the fruit things. We want to yeah. deal with the root things. That right. often it's like, if we could communicate better, then this would be better. If we just prioritize date night, then it would be better. All that stuff is important. Yeah. But sometimes it's just trying to paint yeah. messy fruit. And if we'll deal with the root, then you'll produce better fruit. And so we want to deal with the root things today. And so let's pray together one more time. Father, we thank you for your word. It's alive. It's powerful. Um, thank you, God, that it just gives us the way to live life that is the best way to live life. Because anytime we're walking in your ways, it's the best way. And so I pray that you'd help Tammy and I communicate in a way that you deposited in our heart. May our hearts and minds be open to receive, to be challenged, to be stretched, um, so that we may be more like you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 So uh, we're going to tag team today. We're talking about towards the vein of being single. Tammy's going to talk more towards guys. I'm going to talk more towards the ladies in the house. And, um, and, and singleness, sometimes in church, it can like be a, like, you, I'm sorry, you've got singleness? Like, put on a mask, <laughs> yeah. stay six feet away, right? Like, like, church can sometimes be like, marriage is the ultimate end. I just want to say this, not necessarily the ultimate end for everybody. Um, and so singleness could be the most godly, go, walking in the will of God thing you ever do. I'm, if, that's, if you desire to be married, that's not bad either, but I'm just wanting you to know it's not, it's not a disease, but right. it seems like everyone pushes you towards, right? Remember, remember in our 20s, like um, every wedding, you, yeah. get, you got anybody? You got a ring? You get engaged, right? Okay. Like every wedding, like, you know, some family member, usually a grandma or somebody, you're next, honey, right? Yeah. And I, I have a response for you. The next time you're at a funeral with them, go, you're next, honey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. That would be rude. I don't think you should do that. No, but it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. You can think it in your mind. I didn't, we, you were 25. Yes, I was 25, I was, almost 26 when we got married. I was married. 27, turned 28 the next month, so I was later into my 20s when I got yep. married. And, um, and the way I describe it is sometimes it felt like in those days, you know like when you're a baggage claim and your bag is the last bag and it's just that one bag that's going around 
and around. It's like, anybody going to get this bag? Anybody going to get this bag? And it was like, anybody going to pick me? Can I find somebody? God, what are you doing? Where are you? And I just want you to know that your life doesn't start when you say, I do. That your life doesn't begin there. Your life begins now. That, that God has purpose, that God has destiny for you, that he has a, yeah. a plan for you right now in this moment, no matter what right. stage in your life. You may be single, you may find yourself single again, and you're like, I never thought I'd be in this place. I never dreamed this. This wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know life doesn't start on that day. Um, but if that's a desire in your heart, then you should be preparing for that day. Mm-hmm. Somebody, some people say we put more preparation into the wedding than we do the marriage. That's right. And so uh, I don't want us to do that. And so I want, I want to read a verse from 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. Um, if you've ever been at a wedding, you've probably heard the love is patient, love is kind, all, all the, and you may have thought it was a song or a poem, but it's actually the Bible. And at the end of that chapter, Paul writes this. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Yeah. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Let me just pause real quick. All that, what Paul is saying there is right now, we don't understand it all. Mm-hmm. We don't understand why we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't get it all. We can't see the big picture right now. But one day when I stand before Christ, it'll all make sense. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, then he says this, and now these three remain. He kind of comes back around to the love idea. Faith, hope, and love. I know you've probably heard this, but the greatest of these is love, right? Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so we just want to take those three words, that's kind of our outline for today. So if you're a note taker, there's your outline. Um, If you're not a note taker, there's your outline. Write those down. Faith, hope, and love. And we're just going to take a few minutes. And like I said, I think it'll have broad application beyond no matter what stage and age you are in life. And so Tammy's going to kick us off talking about faith. Absolutely. Good morning. morning. Guys excited? A little bit? Great. Um, I also want to um, say this to you because some of you who may be at one of our campuses or you're watching online, like you're not really sure what you think about the whole God thing, the Bible, Jesus, all of that. You're just kind of checking it out. Maybe you spent the night at a friend's house, your friend's tuning in today, and so you're on the couch watching with them. Whatever it may be, I just want you to know that we're sharing today from God's perspective. So... um, we want you to know that God has purpose for your life and his ways are the best ways yeah. because his word is full of truth and it's, wor- it's full of promises. And for some of you, you may have thought that faith is all about religion, but faith is really centered around relationship and it's your relationship with Jesus. So every piece of advice we're giving today, a little bit is based on experience, but a whole lot of it is based on the word of God, which we really believe if you follow it and you live by God's standards, he has the very best plans in mind for you today. So if you're ready for that, let me hear a big amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. So let's talk for a second about faith. And I'm going to talk to the gentleman for a minute. Uh, Faith. It's a big deal, and it's a really big deal as far as it comes to our personal priority, making faith a personal priority. Because gentlemen, if you want a godly girl, she's looking for a godly guy, 
All right? In 1 Corinthians 13, what we just read said, when I was a child, I behaved like a child. But now that I'm an adult, I'm going to act like a grown man. Coming to church on Sundays is wonderful. But if I can be very blunt and honest with you, that is a childish form of faith. Just showing up one time a week is good, but it's not great because your relationship cannot be built on an hour and 15 minutes a week. So let's talk for a minute about how do I grow my relationship with Jesus and grow my intimacy with a father who loves you and wants the best for you. Let's look for a minute at Revelation chapter two, verse four. It says this, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And this is referring to um, John in the church in Ephesus is saying to the people, I see your good deeds. I see your hard work. I see your perseverance. I see those things that you've had to deal with um, for the sake of Christ. But I have this one complaint against you. The Lord saying, I have this one complaint against you. You have lost your first love. Mm. Because what happens is when we come to the realization of what Jesus has done for us and we accept him into our lives and we make him the Lord and Savior of our lives, at first, it is, if I can say this, hot and heavy in the sense that you have discovered and had the revelation of what God's done. So you're excited about your faith. You're telling people about your faith. People are like, what is going on with you? And you are like, let me tell you about Jesus. You're regularly in church, potentially. You're serving faithfully. You're serving others. You're connected in a small group, whatever it may be. But then this thing called life happens and our concentrated faith tends to become diluted. Because other things get in the way. It becomes common or it becomes ordinary. And all the other things are good, but the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus. And he's saying, don't forget your first love, your first love. So what are some ways that we can keep our relationship fresh when it comes to our relationship with the Lord? Here's, Here's one thing I thought about is to know his word. You see, you can't know his word if you don't read his word. And this is not a rule book. It's a guidebook, a guidebook to understand and know the very best things that God has in store for you. But you got to be in the word to know the word. Take time in your day. Make it a priority. You don't just have to read it. You can listen to it. Turn it on. YouTube app, not app. YouTube. You version app. You can do YouTube sometimes. I'm referring to the YouVersion app, Holy Bible app. (laughs) Let's go there. Holy Bible app. The Holy Bible app. There's a little button. You can push play and it'll read God's word to you. Just get it in your heart. Get it in your life. Make it a priority. Get connected in a small group. It's a great way to stay accountable to studying the word of God. Another thing is to know the voice of the Lord. Know his voice. But how do I know his voice? How do I know it wasn't the pizza I ate last night or whatever it may be, my friend's opinion that's now seeping into my my mind and making me think something. I need to know his voice. How do I know his voice? God's word tells us how we can know his voice. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says this, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we call upon the Lord through prayer. So we take some time in prayer to know God's voice. But we don't just come at him with our words. We've got to take a minute to stop and to listen. Who has a problem with that? Anybody? Yeah. 
I have a big problem with that. I come to the Lord with all my requests, but I tend to forget to sit a minute and let him respond. So take some time to pray and listen. He says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, he will come to you and speak to you. John 10, 27 references that um, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the word of God, us as humans are referred to as the sheep and Jesus is our good shepherd. Now, oddly enough, sheep in creation are one of, if not the dumbest animals. Isn't that so kind of God? He's like, I'm going to refer to you all as the dumbest. But we are the sheep and he is our shepherd and we are led by him and we know his voice and we follow him. Now, those of you who maybe don't know our family situation, we've been married for 16 years, sweet 16. We have four children. Owen is our oldest. He's 13. Faith is 11. Abigail is three, almost four. And Jonas is one. They're all ours. We just took a really long break in the middle because we're crazy. (laughs) Um, But it's worked out. We have a lot of fun. We call it the greatest show. It's nicer than the circus. But Jonas, our baby, he is starting to talk. And he turns two in November, so he's starting to form some words. And one of his favorite words is no. And, uh, but it's super hard to discipline him, right? It's so hard to discipline him because this is literally how he says no. 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 Jonas, don't touch that baby. No. This little, like, sweet little cadence that he has. Like a hello. 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 Yeah, you just... Anyways, he's amazing. But he has this thing that he likes me to chase him around the house. So sometimes we'll be chasing each other and I'll hide somewhere in the house and I'll be like, Jonas, Jonas. And he cries out, mama, mama. So we have this this little play game. But he knows my voice. He listens to my voice. But he can't get to me if he doesn't take a step. But we know each other's voice because we have relationship. We have fellowship with one another. And it's the very same thing when you have a relationship with Jesus. He knows your voice and you can know his voice by spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, spending time in fellowship with him. But when you hear his voice, you don't just stay still. Because in order for Jonas to get to me, he has to take a step. So for you, when you hear the voice of the Lord, you've got to take action. You've got to move. You see, this is a passive posture. This is not a passive posture. It's an action posture. And if you're like, I don't know. I don't know if that was the voice of the Lord. What if I do something wrong? Well, if you have God's peace, if it does not contradict his word, and if you have the yes from some godly counsel in your life, then you take a step. Because here's the good news. His mercy covers the rest. So if you're coming from a place where you genuinely desire to know the voice of God and you take an action step, he's going to take that action step with you. Just know his voice. Another thing is to know your crowd. Who's the people in your life influencing you? Do my friends have similar standards? Do the friends around you have the same convictions or standards that you have? Do they keep me accountable? Do they hold me in check? In other words... Is your friend going to say to you, dude, did you spend the night at her house last night? Got real quiet in the room. 
You got to have friends who are going to say, no, God wants better for you. Yeah. God wants better for you. You've got to have people in your life to help keep you accountable. Right. Know the crowd. And then lastly, know your season. Don't wait around, but make the most of your singleness, if I can say it that way. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do. That means whatever, whatever is whatever, whatever it may be, and you do. It's not whatever you do when you meet someone or whatever you do when someone comes along. It is an instruction saying you are active. You are doing something yeah. I love you, but living in your parents' or your friend's basement, waiting around, is not an active posture. Get up and do something. Girls like guys who have a plan. Where are my ladies? <laughs> Girls want a man who is not waiting around, but who is living life. And you're going to do it heartily as unto the Lord. Heartily in the Greek is with, from your soul, with yeah. passion, with extravagance. So everything I do is going to be for the Lord because I'm working for him, but I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to be moving in a direction. So know his word, know his voice, know your crowd and know your season. Make the most of the moment that you have right now, no matter what it looks like. That's great. Yeah? Really good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about faith. I want to talk about it from the angle of trusting God um, yeah. very quickly. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, not consult with him. Oh. Submit to him, not, not see if he's got a good idea and maybe you've got an idea. No, submit to him, and then this is his promise. So the promise doesn't come if you don't do the first part. Submit to him, and then what? He will make your path straight. So path straight come at a cost. The cost is submission. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm going to submit my ways to him. I'm going to submit my my relationships to him. I'm going to submit my finances to him. I'm going to submit my career decisions to him. I'm going to submit all those because I don't know about you, but I want straight paths in all those areas of my life. I don't want any complexity. I don't want any crooked paths. I don't want any issues. So I'm going to submit all those to God. When I was in high school, um, in Christian circles, the, the big thing was WWJD. What would Jesus do, right? I mean, they had bracelets. They had cringy Christian apparel. I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't, it, well, fashion wasn't well, though. T-shirts were not great, like, needed okay. work, needed our creative team to work with it and That's true. get it where it needed to be. Um, but that was the big thing. What would Jesus do? And although, like, all the apparel has faded out, the, the sentiment of the phrase is really valuable. It's in everything, in my relationships, God, what would you do? Jesus, how would you have me respond in this? Because my faith isn't in you isn't a ticket to heaven. It's um, not just a religious box that I've checked, but I've submitted to following you with my whole life, with my whole heart. So every decision I make, I have to get your directive on it so then I know the step to take because I'm fully submitted to you and you will make my path straight when I do that. And so, ladies, I want to challenge you as it comes to faith. Obviously, everything you said, I think, applies to all of us. Absolutely. Um, but number one is that we trust God in this way. We submit to God in this way. We trust God's timing. 
And man, that is a hard one. I tell you, the, the mm-hmm. times I've gotten myself in the most troubles is when I got ahead of God, when I didn't trust his timing, when I tried to manipulate something, right. when I tried to make it happen. And, um, and ladies, just if you're not aware, guys are masters at this. They're masters at, at manipulating the situation. The, they know exactly what to say, when to say it, to make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And trust God's timing. But no, no, God, I'm going to go with you. If we had met two or three months earlier, it wouldn't have worked out, right? Yeah. Like we had mutual friends. Jeremy was a mutual friend of us, but we, Elena was a mutual friend. David Dawson, mutual friend, but we were never connected with each other because I think God knew if we had crossed paths at that point, there'd have been no hope for us. Not because of her. She said I was a little confident, full of myself, arrogant. You were just very positive in regards to you. I was very positive <laughs> in regards to me. I, I just want to say she this was like, though. That never would have worked out, but the right, right timing. The right timing. Because I wasn't the healthiest me and he wasn't the healthiest me. Mm-hmm. So we needed to wait. It was better for us to wait. And God had us in mind. It just wasn't the right time. Yeah, it wasn't the right time. So trust God's timing. I know that's hard. It I've, is hard. Difficult. I've done that. 20, I was almost 28 before I got married. And it was a lot of like, all right, Lord, you know, um, I'm ready to get moving with life, ready to get started with life. But I'm telling you, God's timing. Because here's the reality. God's outside of time. Yes. He sees the beginning from the end. Yes. He saw the moment you were born, the moment you die at the same time. And he knows exactly the moment that he has things in plan and in play for you. And so we can trust his timing. Number two, we can trust God's ways. You can, I, I pray that there'd be a commitment in you to trust God's ways, God's ways of doing it. Yeah. That, that no, I'm, I'm not going to lower, I'm not going to settle, I'm not going to compromise. Mm-hmm. That, that just because it's not happening in the time that I want, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm expecting too much. Maybe I'm expecting too much that I'd have actually a godly guy that loves the Lord, loves the house of God, loves serving loves making a difference in the lives of it. Maybe that's too much to ask for. And so I'm, I'm going to not, not know, trust God's ways. His ways are the right ways. Yeah. It'll lead you to the path of prosperity. God's ways are the best ways. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I'm going to trust God's word. That yeah. I'm going to do it the way God says. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about God's way, God's word and, and purity and those kind of things. But I'm going to trust God's word. So I'm, I'm going to get my life in a line with his word and I'm not going to swaver from that. I'm not going to swerve from that, no matter right. what the pressure is around me. It's great. We got 11 minutes to do two Let's points. Let's go. Here we go. Hope. <laughs> Moving to hope. You want to set that up as far as vision? Yeah. So we were talking about hope, and I think hope, hope is not just wishing. Biblical hope isn't just wishing. Um, because our hope is founded in promises that are found in God's word. So I'm not wishing for something. I have hope in something I'm confident will come to pass Mm -hmm. because the word of the Lord has never failed. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So hope is the result of my trust in God's promises out in my future, which really what that is, is that's vision. I have vision, so hope is the result of vision of something in the yeah. future, a preferred future from what I am right now. And I'm not building my future on just wishes and dreams. I'm building it on what God has said. So that way I have a confident hope right. in the future. So we want to talk about hope from the perspective of vision. Absolutely. So let's look at Proverbs 21.5. And it says this, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So if my hope is eventually to be married, then I need to have a vision for what I want my marriage to be. 
Does that make sense, right? So I'm going to have good planning, and I'm going to have hard work. I'm not going to be hasty about it. I'm not just going to go with the flow and see what happens. I'm going to be proactive. So I had a future husband list, I would say, before we met, and it was 100% you, 100, most of it. But here's the thing. What she means is there came some bonus things. Yeah, that's what I meant. She was not expecting. That is absolutely what I meant. Um, Anyway, I had a want list, a want list, right? But praise God in his grace, he didn't just give me most plus a bonus of those wants, but he gave me my needs. Because those of you who are single right now with all the love in my heart, you don't have a clue. When I was single, I did not have a clue. I have a clue about some things. You have a clue about some things. But when it comes to marriage and what that's going to look like, you don't know. You don't know. So you don't, you don't in its like entirety know what to ask for. Because in all honesty, you don't know what to expect. So there are some things when you are making a plan for that person that you're going to invest time and relationship and money into that there are things that need to be a non-negotiable. There need to be your non-negotiables. As a follower of Christ, a non-negotiable for you is you are going to date a girl that loves Jesus. You're going to date a girl that has given her heart to the Lord and wants to do what he has for her life. Another non-negotiable has got to be your purity. You have got to have a non-negotiable for purity before you get into the moment. But be careful that your list isn't so... um, bolded and intense that you don't leave way for what God knows you're going to need. In other words, leave space in your vision for God's direction. Don't be so staunch in all the wants and the likes and everything else that you miss out on some of the bonuses that God may have in store for you. Okay, 1 Corinthians, when it comes to trust or faith, hope, and love. One of the versions that I looked up, it says hope unswervingly. We want to have an unswerving hope or an unswerving vision. And one of the things I want to touch really quickly on is our purity. I said it a second ago, but you've got to make a decision now before you're in the moment about where you stand when it comes to purity. Listen to God's word. It's not on the screen, so listen very closely. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. So you've got to create some guardrails in your relationship right now that are going to keep you from temptation when it comes. Because the last time I checked, a guardrail was put up on a highway before the highway was open to the cars. So you've got to make sure that you right now have some non-negotiables in your life along with people that are going to help hold you accountable to that. And let me say this to you, by God's grace, and because we had some non-negotiables and some guardrails, Daniel and myself were virgins when we got married. That was a decision that we made, and it was not easy. I mean, look at this man. (laughs) Seriously. 
seriously, we did not date for three months. We dated, I mean, it was almost two years before we got married. And that last nine months that we were engaged, we weren't even together. So can you imagine when we did get together, the two times we did, knowing we were getting married? Mm. It was not easy. But we had set up guardrails. So he wasn't spending the night at my house. We weren't meeting and staying in the car in a parking lot in the hours of the morning because that's too tempting. That's too tempting. Don't put yourself in a position that you yeah. are not strong enough to get out of. Yeah. If Jesus is not your sinner, you do not have enough willpower. You just don't. You just True. don't. So you create the guardrails of purity. And I want to tell you too today that our God is a God of second chances. Right. So some of you, you may find yourself single or single again, and that is not something that you created as a guardrail in your life or maybe even knew about, but you can start today yeah. because God offers forgiveness. He offers new mercy, and you can decide right now in this moment, moving forward, I am going to save all of that for my husband that God has for me in the future. That's great. I don't want you to feel regret. I don't want you to feel shame. I want you to feel hope-filled. Hope-filled because our God is faithful. So vision, guardrails, being careful, keeping Jesus at the center. Be proactive with the hope that you see for the future. Mm -hmm. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Do you see the two competing visions for your life? The enemy has a vision for your life, if you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And God has a vision for your life. The enemy, all he wants is to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that he brings into your life, that's the ultimate end. That's the purpose. Jesus said, no, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so I, as ladies, I want to challenge you that you would have a vision for who you're becoming that leads you to the full life. Tammy talked about a list of non-negotiables of this is what I'm looking for. I want to talk about your personal vision mm -hmm. because here's the reality. You attract who you are. Right. You don't attract what you want. You attract who you are or who you're becoming. And so if you want a godly man, then you've got to be a godly lady. If you want a consistent man, then be a consistent person. If whatever it is that you want, you've got to be that or becoming that mm -hmm. in life. Uh, one thing that so attracted me to Tammy, and it's what I wanted. I wanted an independent, strong, like moving forward kind of lady. That's my mom is like that. My sisters are very, I just grew up in a very strong with females in my life. And one of the things that so attracted me to Tammy is she wasn't waiting to live life until she found someone. When I met her, she had bought her own car, got her own apartment, working her own job, doing her own things, living life, having fun, in joy. Mm -hmm. She wasn't waiting for anybody to start life. And it's one of the things that drew me to her is she, who she was becoming is who I wanted in my life. She wasn't waiting around. You attract who you are, all right? I wanna give you five areas that I think should be personal vision. Number one is I think you should have a personal vision when you look into the future and what you're moving towards, what you're becoming is number one, passionately in love with Jesus. Yeah. Like above everything, above everything, above how many likes you have, how great your career is, above how many friends that you have. I, passionately in love with Jesus. Like when people encounter you, they don't even have to spend much time with you to go, they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there should be something that comes off. The guy doesn't have to get to the third date and go, I didn't know you were a Christian. Uh -huh. That's a problem. That's a real problem. 
like passionately in love with Jesus. Number two, planted in the house of God. Jesus died for his bride, the local church. Yeah. He wants you planted in the house of God. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when you're planted in God's house, then you flourish. That you flourish when you're planted in the house of God. Number three is this, is that you remain teachable. That you have a vision that I'm going to be a teachable person. Mm-hmm. That, I, that I'm going to listen to spiritual authority. And I know in this day and age, we don't like authority. The word authority, we don't like authority in our life. But the Bible teaches that, that authority brings protection. That it brings yeah. comfort. That it helps you. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have some couples in our life that come to us and we're like, nope, stop that. You need to do this with love. Why? Because we want the best for them. We've been down this road before. We want the best for them. And so listening to counsel. Most people get counsel around them that'll tell them what they want. Yeah. It's easier. It's a lot easier. And they usually push away or they have all the excuses. You know, they come, they come with their bag of defenses because they know, they know you're the person, usually you, they know you're the person that's going to be like, that's not wise. And they come with you with five reasons why they're going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. To start with, no, no, have a submissive heart. I'm going to listen to wise counsel. Number four, be pursued. Determine you're going to be a, a lady that's going to be pursued. Yeah. Not that you're going to be the pursuer. Let me say it this way. Don't be surprised if you pursue him that after you say, I do, you're still doing his job. You're supposed to be, the Bible says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. That means that, that as God's, we're supposed to be looking and the woman is supposed to be being pursued. Yeah. So don't be putting yourself, don't, if you're bringing all the romance to the relationship right now, don't be surprised when you have to do that in marriage. If you're doing all the work now, don't be surprised when you got to do all the work in marriage. Be pursued, be pursued. Tammy and I have been dating a year. Was it a year? Uh... Like 15 months. 15 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd actually come to this area, to Spotsylvania, uh, yep. to preach that weekend. You came with me. Mm-hmm. I was we still in dating, college. Yeah. We were dating. Um, I was in my, I think I was in graduate school. And I'd graduated a semester. Yeah, so I would have been in graduate school. I was in seminary. Yes. And you, you came with me this weekend. We've been dating for a while. And um, you had expressed to me that I hadn't said I love you yet. And I hadn't included you in any, I was always dreaming about the future. Mm-hmm. I got big plans. I'm going to do this, do that, do this, all these things. Um, and you were like, you never included my name in them and her name in any of my plans. And so we went to, we stopped in Charlottesville on 29. There used to be a steakhouse. Now it's gone. And uh, we, we stopped there. And, uh, and in, the, in the course of the lunch, she goes, all right, here's the deal. You got one week. <laughs> Figure it out. Yep. Either you love me or you don't. Either this is going somewhere or it's not. If it's I mean, not going we anywhere. 12. No, yeah, we, we were in our okay. 20s. She was like, either it's going somewhere or not. I don't have time to waste. What she was telling me is if you want me, you've got to pursue me. That I'm not going to be just tagging along in your show. We're going to be in this together. Be pursued. Number five is in your purity. Don't let anybody compromise your purity. And as Tammy said, if, if, if you have felt like, man, I've blown it in this area, then begin again today. Yeah. Begin again today. That means we need to be fast. Love. The greatest of these is love. Let's talk about this real quick. Love is an act of selflessness. Love is an act of selflessness and sacrifice. So on our wedding day, I said one big I do, but in a lot of ways, I said a lot of I don'ts. In other words, I don't get to think about how my decisions only affect me anymore. I don't get to have the same friendships with the opposite sex that I once had. I don't get to decide last minute to go on that road trip or run away for the weekend. I don't get to wear sweatpants to bed anymore. 
You guys are way faster. I still wear sweatpants to bed. Okay, I don't get to take that job because I just want to. Because here's the deal. When I said I do to Daniel, I said I do to us. Yeah. And so, gentlemen, I need you to know that as you are single but have a vision for marriage, keeping in mind that love is sacrifice and love is selflessness because you no longer just think for yourself. You're now going to think for someone else. And you're going to need to talk about those things like, do you want to have children? That's a really great question to ask before you get married because it's, it's a thing that I think a lot of us get caught up in the moment. We get caught up in the wedding planning. We get caught up in the excitement. And we were all about that. I was all about that. But you see, your wedding day is a moment and your marriage is a lifetime. That's right. So we want you to be prepared for that. And love is also sacrifice. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, Jesus is the greatest form of love and sacrifice for us and example to follow. And you may say, well, I'm not a husband yet, but you will be one day. So when you're dating that girl, Come from the posture of this is a daughter of the king. This is a child of God. So therefore, I'm going to protect her. I'm going to protect her purity. I'm going to protect her time. I'm going to protect her heart. My big grievance with you after those 15 months is that I didn't feel that you were committed. I needed you to be committed. And I was not waiting around anymore. Not after two months or three months. I gave it some time. But love is a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And we love because he first loved us. I got there eventually. You did. You did get there. Matthew 22, Jesus said this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, yeah. with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ladies, here's what I want to tell you real quick as we wrap up is that you'll never be able to love someone else well until you've settled loving yourself well. And I'm not talking about a, a kind of love that's like, I'm the center of the universe and, and life is all about me. But I'm talking about till you get settled in who God made you to be. Until you get settled in the value that God placed on you that is exemplified in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. Until you're willing to go, I, I need to will heal the wounds of my yesterdays because the reality is is there is no healthy we without a healthy me there is no healthy we right without a healthy me and i've watched too many young ladies spend so much energy trying to find some guy that's going to heal that place in them and only jesus right. can do that and my encouragement would be that you would open your heart open your life up and go, Jesus, would you do surgery on the broken areas of my life and heal me? That before I ever think about someone else's relationship, heal what needs to be healed in me so that I bring a healthy me to the we so that we can go the distance for the glory of God. Yeah. You know, the greatest example of love is Jesus, Tammy said, that he laid down his life for us, that he made the ultimate sacrifice. And the reason that he did that is this, is because of relationship. In the garden, sin entered the world and it broke relationship between us and God and it injured relationship between us and each other. Mm -hmm. And God came to restore both of those in Jesus. 
See, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God and we're all sinners. And that's not meant to condemn you today. It's just the reality of the human condition. All you have to do is pull up your phone and look at the news feed and you can tell that sin is all over the world. And so Jesus, out of his great love for us, made a way for our sins to be forgiven. And so he came and he lived the perfect life, died the death that we should have died to be our sacrifice. And he bridged the gap between us and God. And he begins the healing process between us and each other. Mm-hmm. But it starts with Jesus. And the Bible says the way that you receive this forgiveness of sin is really simple. It's, it's so simple the child could understand it. It's by faith. And right now, your faith is in something. Your faith is in your good works. Your faith is in your best effort. Your faith is in somebody in your life. Your faith is placed in something because we all have faith. It's just a matter of where you place it. And my challenge to you today is, is it placed in the person of Jesus? Not in how many times you've attended churches, not in maybe a baptism or a christening, or not in a time you cook communion, but is it in the person of Jesus? Because everything else is shaky ground. And so today I wanna give you the opportunity, the Bible says this in Romans, the way that we receive this gift, it says that we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, the resurrection, and we confess him with our mouth as Lord. And so I'm going to invite you to do that right now. No matter what room you're in today, if you would bow your head and close your eyes with me. Every location online, I want to give you the opportunity to receive that. We're going to pray together as a church. We're going to pray out loud for the benefit of those praying for the very first time. And I want to invite you to do that with me. If you'd say today, uh, Pastor, I'm far from God. And maybe you're even here and you would say, if someone asked you, are you a Christian? You'd say, of course I'm a Christian. But you know in your heart you're far from God. You know, in your heart, you don't have a relationship with him. And if that's you today, I'll invite you to pray this prayer with me at every location. Come on, church, let's lift it up out loud. Just say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I, need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, celebrate those that made that decision. Hey, if you just made that decision, we want to know about it. And uh, we're not going to bug you. We just want to get some information in your hands that'll help you in the journey. This isn't the end of something. It's the beginning of a whole new journey of faith. And so if you would get your phone out right now, if you're at a campus, get your phone out online, no matter how you're with us, and just text the keyword LCS to 94,000, that same number. You can text, you can text everything to 94,000. You, you can text, you know, can I find a date? 94,000. I don't know if it'll work, but text LCS to 94,000. I want to send you a book I wrote called Fully Alive. And it's all about how to take steps in this journey. We will get that out to you. It's so exciting. Every week, there's a a desk in the office that that takes care of that. And I walk by it and there's just these stacks of packets going out all around Virginia, all around the world. Sent one this week somewhere in the ocean. I don't know where to a Navy ship. Someone said yes to Jesus. And so text that word. We want to get that information to you. We love you. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. 
Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.